0: Welcome to a special Community Spotlight episode of the QT Cast. That's the official podcast for the QTRL, the queer and trans research lab housed at the Bonham Centre for Sexual Diversity Studies at the University of Toronto. My name is Elliot, and in today's episode, I sit down with the wonderful and talented Lee Stone, founder of Dead Name Theatre and director-producer of Dead Name Theatre's Into the Woods. In this episode, you'll hear Lee discuss the mission behind Dead Name Theatre and get some sneak peeks of what it's like directing and producing an entirely trans, non-binary, and queer-led production of Into the Woods. Stay tuned after the interview for a special recording of rehearsals, courtesy of Lee. Into the Woods is running June 2nd to June 11th at Theatre Pass Mirai and head now to Theatre Pass Mirai box office for your tickets. Without further ado, here's Lee.
1: My name is Lee Stone. My pronouns are they/them. I, um, I'm a multidisciplinary theater artist, but uh, these days, I'm a founder and I guess artistic director of Dead Name Theater, which is a brand new company. Uh, and I'm currently directing and producing, co-producing. Uh, a concert production of Into the Woods, which will be our, our first production happening in June this year.
0: That is so exciting. Thank you so much. Um, and our listeners will also recognize you because you were in Teya Kasahara's program last year. Is that correct?
1: I was. Yeah. Um, sort of a twist of fate is actually this production was Into the Woods was meant to go up in June. That's right. Uh, of right. Last year. Um, but due to circumstances, uh, you know, like community building just tends to need time and yep. uh, anything pushing against the grain uh, needs time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we made a decision in February to uh, push back a year, and I'm glad we did because it's allowed us to really push further. But because of that, I was able to be part of uh, today's project, which was so much fun.
0: Amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, Speaking of pushing against the grain and Dead Name Theatre, can you just give our listeners a little bit of a rundown about what the mission of the company is, um, what your focus is mainly, and then also if you want to give us kind of a little spiel on the name itself, because I find it quite awesome and interesting.
1: Yeah, sure. Dead Name Theatre has three leading values, which are representation, community, and storytelling as activism. Um, with representation, we seek to provide more opportunities for the immensely talented theater practitioners who have been denied opportunity because of their marginalized gender and sexual identities. DNT aims to create a rehearsal space that is populated by trans, non-binary, and queer creatives, from actors to designers, directors, stage managers, and front of house team. And besides providing opportunities, we believe this representation will inspire the next generation because we strive to be the representation we never had as youth. Um, In regards to community, with a rehearsal space where we are the majority, we will be able to tell a trans non-binary and queer story from a place of authenticity and support rather than tokenism. Um, Our representation on stage is far and few between and can often fall into stereotypes and tokenism in character portrayals of these identities. Uh, But if we create as a community, we can offer a more nuanced representation of trans, non-binary, and queer characters on stage while simultaneously reducing the toxic and harmful rehearsal practices that our community has learned to survive in. And the question we are asking is, if an actor feels affirmed by their cast, crew, and creative team, what level of performance might they be able to reach? And lastly, with storytelling as activism, this relates to the core of why we all do theatre, that if we tell a nuanced, authentic, beautiful, heartbreaking, and relatable trans, non-binary, and queer story, we can begin to reclaim our full humanity from our audience. If we can share in our storytelling what the weight of transphobia, transmisogyny, envyphobia queer phobia, and homophobia does to our community, our audience might be able to offer us empathy and start to dismantle these phobias in their own minds.
0: As I'm listening to you, you know, talk about the mission, um, I'm interested in a lot of conversations around trans and gender non-conforming people tend to um unfortunately necessarily sometimes focus on the the negative right like you know yeah. the, the toxic practices that that your company is trying to avoid um but I, I'd like to shift that and, and talk maybe have you talk about what does it feel like for this to be in this space what does it feel like for these actors what is the energy in that space of just you know total transgender non-conforming joy
1: Oh my goodness. Like I I think for so many of us there, I mean, even just watching people meet each other for the first time, we kind of eased into a full cast rehearsal with sort of one-on-one or duet music rehearsals. And with each new person meeting each new person, there was like this this tangible energy and excitement that was happening of like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only person in this production. I I don't have to do Trans 101 when I introduce myself to a new person, you know, and suddenly there was, we were all in the room and there, it just felt like there was this collective exhale of like, okay, I can just be a performer. Now I can just be, you know, a creative in a space collaborating with with other creators and my my identity is not going to be like a hang up or like it's not going to be in the way in a and I know that that I don't really like the way that sounds but I I feel like that's at least how I felt is like okay I can just exist in this space
0: I totally get what you mean, and you know, especially relate to the trans 101 comment. It feels like so often it is the brunt and the burden of trans people to make everyone feel comfortable and safe and you know meet cis folks on their level and to talk about our identities and mm-hmm. um, so I totally get how special it would be for creative people to just have the creation and the act of mm-hmm. creation be the focus and not transness um, mm-hmm. as special and important as transness is in that space. so yeah that that's amazing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lee, I also know that part of your mandate at Dead Name Theatre is to not have social media focused advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I find that really interesting. Could you maybe say a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah, it's this constant balance with, with many things to acknowledge where we're at and also where we want to get to. And I know I know that a lot of people in our community have found help and community and support online. I would never deny that, that that's been a really incredibly valuable part of social media. I mean, like the social movements of today are happening on social media and that's really important to acknowledge. At the same time, social media is a capitalist entity and our company strives to be anti-capitalist because capitalism does not support trans and non-binary people. and a lot of the marginalizations that we all experience uh, is is not supported by capitalism, um, and in fact is a product of capitalism. And so, to me, it felt a little bit it it felt like it would have been a little hypocritical to work in a capitalist way while while also trying to be anti capitalist. And so. Um, We had a big conversation about whether to have social media at all, and I will say that we do have social media, we have pages, um, but they're really, we think about them more as landing points uh, so that people can easily find us because, again, our community is online and we know that and want to reach them. Um, But we do hope that people will see it as kind of a bridge off of social media and kind of onto our website, and that most of the information can be found there, uh, or they can just reach out to us directly. Uh, We want to be available to people. Um, And uh, yeah, it went during this conversation, you know, it was very much like, it's just I think one of our one of our. Folks said that, like you know, the revolution is not going to be delivered in an Amazon box. You know, it's like it's not going to come from that source. And I think our community has done a really excellent job of making it for us. And at the end of the day, it's not. Um, So that was the reason for that. Also, I personally, as an individual, am not on social media for mental health reasons. Um, A decision I made a few years ago, and I it's been a really, really wonderful decision. I'm a lot safer and healthier than I used to be. Um, and so I couldn't possibly, you know, have a company be fully online if I myself as an individual, am not, that would have not felt set right with my values.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that resonates with me. Thank you for sharing that. It's funny. My my dissertation research is actually on um, online social media activism for queer and trans people. And like the five-second soundbite, five-minute soundbite you just gave, is like, that's it. <laughs> so you nailed it. That's um, <laughs> The ambivalence is, it's just so tricky, and it's cool to, to see and hear how you're navigating this um, mm-hmm. as a company, but also personally. So thank you for that. Um, I'm wondering, Lee, can you uh, talk through the name of Dead Name Theatre a little bit? Uh, maybe also for uh, our cis listeners who maybe don't know what that also means to to trans people as well.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Here's some trans 101.
0: Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So uh I would say that dead name, uh the the phrase, the term is I, I can never say this word is colloquial. Is that the term? Yeah,
0: that- totally.
1: <laughs> I can't I can never say that. So obviously <laughs> um, it's very much an uh, you know, it's an of our community kind of phrase. Um, which tends to refer to a name that you might have been assigned at birth or that you are legally bound to in some way that you no longer use. Um, and so for a lot of people, people's dead names, you know, bring up uh, very complicated feelings because for a lot of us, they do come from our parents. And so depending on our relationship with our parents, that might bring around a whole range of emotions. Um but it also often will speak to a person's, you know, pre, pre-transition experience and pre-transition history. And so um, another reason it brings up complex emotions is because it's kind of the before times, the before we were in the know of, of ourselves, our identities. And, and those times for a lot of us tend to be, or at least for me, were, were painful uh, and, and challenging um, and so it's it's hard to think of uh, myself in those terms, especially because it's not only who I'm not anymore, but arguably it's never who I was. But it's someone I was striving to be because of outside pressure. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is uh, is what dead name means. Um, I will say um, the reason for the company name for me is it is specifically named after my dead name uh, because I I am lucky in that I have a great relationship with my parents. Um, it's obviously challenging at times because whose isn't, um, but um, but in general I have I have parents who are supportive and and try and that's a you know. I hate to say it, but it's a low bar for a community. <laughs> I, I like, hear that. And it's, you know, it's important
0: to say that for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really is. That just like acceptance is like, I mean, it's out of reach for so many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And doesn't that, change the
0: fact that it still should be baseline.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, when, when changing my name, Um, it was hard to let go of my dead name uh, because I do have a good relationship with my parents and um, they picked it for me and it means worthy of love. And so there was, you know, um, an emotion and a feeling there of like my parents telling me in my name that I was worthy of love, which I think is a really important message to never let go of. Um, And so when letting go of the name you know, I, I sort of named, you know, something that I was going to put my heart, my baby, I named my baby after, <laughs> after my dead name, you know. Um, and it's also, it's, it is a message to to our community, especially now that that we are worthy of love, that we deserve love uh, because so much of, you know, our community is under direct attack these days and that's not the messaging. Um and so this wanting this company to to stand for for that, that we as a community are, are worthy of love every single time, even if we let go of a name.
0: Oof, I got goosebumps a couple of times already. <laughs> so thank you for that. Can we talk a little bit about your upcoming production slash productions, plural, right? Because you're putting one mm-hmm. on, but you're also currently casting for a second one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm so excited about our Fringe show. Um, mm our friend show is called hermaphroditus and it's um, it's a world premiere of a play by Rosalind Goodwin um, so yes we are casting for two roles for that show so you know putting that out there <laughs> um, I I'm personally um, not uh, doing too much on on that show I'm I'm obviously supporting as like the artistic director of the company but mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of in there and like whatever they need is what I'm supporting right um but yeah um I'm sorry what was the question
0: yeah so let's jump into um into the woods now can you plug uh where can folks get tickets when will the show be um and then also maybe a little bit about what drew deadname theater 2 into the woods as as a production to put on
1: yeah so Tickets have been on sale now for about a week and they're doing really well, which is so exciting. Um, it's quite an intimate space is something I want people to be aware of. Like it's a 50 seat capacity and we have eight shows. So um, I would say buy your tickets early uh, if you're able to. I, I think that's going to be key, especially like the closer we we get to opening. Um but yes, we, we open on June 2nd, and then we close on June 11th. Um, we have two Friday nights, two Saturday matinees, two Saturday evenings, and two Sunday matinees. Um, and all the information can be found on theater Pass website uh, under box office. And uh, yeah, we we are very lucky to be presenting both of our shows actually at uh, Theater Pass Um Into the Woods will be in the backspace theater, while uh, Hermaphroditus will be in the main space for for Fringe. Yeah.
0: And can you tell our listeners uh, why Into the Woods? Um, what what drew the company to this production?
1: I would love to. Um, Into the Woods for me is one of those shows that every time I watch it, I find something new or the words kind of resonate for me in a new way. And this is a show that I have grown up watching um, from birth. My my father writes musicals. I was raised on Sondheim. <laughs> that is so cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, both of my parents are very big on musical theater so I was just around I just I have a worn out VHS copy of the original Broadway production and it is the kind of thing I would just pop on after school or like you know the older I got I'd put it on at least once or twice a year to just feel good and um and sing along you know eventually had to be replaced with a DVD copy um <laughs> so well loved <laughs> um but i think why specifically this show rings like rings a very special note for me is um it it is a fairy tale and um i i never i never really saw myself represented in fairy tales and um and i think what i liked about this show is that the first act is the fairy tales well actually i should talk about you know the story of the show a bit it's it's if cinderella jack and the beanstalk rapunzel and little red riding hood all existed in the same universe and met and interacted with each other and so the first act is the fairy tales as you've known them it, almost exactly as they are uh with just a few artistic liberties here and there and uh by it's funny because by the end of act one you go out into intermission and you think oh my goodness is is the show over like everyone lived happily ever after like isn't that the end of the story yeah. <laughs> and um but you know act two begins and we open with these characters who are like I you know I think I'm happy I got my wish I must be happy um and Through the journey of act two, we start to realize that, you know, the happily ever after is not always um, the story that works for everybody or or what everybody wants. Um, And I like Cinderella, for example, has this great line that's like, um, my father's house was a nightmare, your house referring to the prince was a dream. And now I find I want something in between and that is just again is a huge trans non-binary experience right there is especially when some like Cinderella's whole journey is is a trans woman story just gonna say that it always has been let's just let's be honest (laughs) very important to say I love that (laughs) um so she you know she she gets this opportunity to like go to a ball and like be affirmed in her gender and like experience that for the first time and of course she goes big and femme because like Finally, you know, and um, but what, you know, what surprises her is like, oh, well, now I'm like being pursued by a prince like like what didn't see that coming like that's now an adjustment I have to like process and think of of, like I'm, you know, I'm uh, I never uh, thought someone would see me, you know, Uh, like want me as myself exactly as I am um again a big part of you know trends experience and um so she gets her wish at the end of act one and she marries a prince and and then her journey in act two is is figuring out like was marriage actually what i wanted was this hyper femme you know expression what i wanted was is this you know, I was in a prison in my father's house, and now am I in a prison again where I, I can't leave the palace without an escort? And so where where is my freedom within within both of those extremes? And that's her journey in Act two. Um, so I think part of why I love this show so much is, I, I just saw myself represented in it, even though it's done. The original is super it's binary, like it's, oh my goodness. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, and so many patriarchal jokes, the ableism in this show, you would not believe we're working through it. It's a thing. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> like, like in into the woods, even you mean.
1: Just fairy tales. Right. Like, of course. Li- yeah. yeah. Blindness as punishment is right. like everywhere.
0: It's right. Everywhere yeah wow yeah. wow my yeah. mind yeah i haven't actually really thought about that before
1: yeah yeah it's everywhere and um so we have we've been doing a lot of of discussion in terms of like where where is you know how can we um some of this uh retelling our retelling the retelling of the retelling right. comes so naturally you know it it just fits it just fits into a trans non-binary experience which does is not to say that the script is perfect, right? There, sure. there, there are still elements in there that are like, oof, cringy. Ooh, that's the line. Oh man, okay. <laughs> and it, it's always just a conversation with everyone on how to how to address those moments. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that sounds like a good way to proceed with that.
1: Yeah, I. It's so interesting. You, you know, you ask why this show, but um, I, you know, as a young trans non-binary person really really related to jack and the beanstalk um he has um um cinderella jack and little red all have what i call their monologues which are really just their solo songs mm. and we ne- we don't actually see the major events like we don't see cinderella at the ball we don't see jack at the giants world we don't see um little red in the belly of the wolf but we hear about it afterwards Mm. um we get a glorious song afterwards as the character processes what that experience unlocked for them Mm. and so jack's um song giants in the sky uh iconic song so good um is about you know he's left home for the first time he's had an adventure he's realized so many things about himself and now he's returning home again and the reframing of self as you know not only after you've left home but after you come back again for the first time right and the reflection that 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 gives a person I remember yeah just as a young person before I even had left home really relating relating to that message of like wanting that adventure wanting to know myself because I'd I'd climbed the beanstalk and had this grand adventure um and then yeah after I had re- returned home really relating and reflecting on like I feel safe at home but I also don't always feel myself at home and you know why do I still want to go back to to the land of the giants and have more adventures even though I was scared and it, but it was there was something about it that, you know, I, I'm drawn to. Mm. So I, I related very deeply to Jack when I was younger. And and these days I'm relating to the Baker actually um, who is, he's kind of an expanded character. Um, he's the brother of Rapunzel. Mm. This is the <laughs> easiest way to say that. Um, but in, in the musical, he's like the everyday hero you know right. the, you know him and his wife are are the everyday people that are not super magical and they just are trying to get by and mm-hmm. um they're sort of the blank slate um but the baker's journey is is learning to forgive his father who cursed his house mm. um you know for and the theme of learning how to forgive your parents or even not passing on trauma from your parents to your children, Mm -hmm. the huge theme in this show. Um, And so as I get older, I find I'm relating more and more to the baker. Just when, when the desire or the goal is really just like, can't, can't we just pursue our lives with our children and our wives till that happy day arrives? How do we ignore all the witches all the giants all the curses you know and Mm -hmm. just that like that desire for I just want to live my life I just want to be
0: wow wow that's um that resonates so deeply I also do want to say like in me asking why this show um I don't want to kind of further the idea that trans non-binary creative people only have to create stuff about trans and non-binary existence so I I appreciate you taking that with with grace and and rolling with that um so to all our listeners make sure you go to Theatre Pass Mariah box office get your tickets for Into the Woods June 2nd to 11th um I'm so excited to to see it and to hear about how it goes and hopefully we can touch base again in the future I'd love to have kind of an ongoing community spotlight thing with you if if you'd like that
1: yeah that'd be great I would I would love to be back and I'm just so grateful uh to have this opportunity to speak to you and, and your listeners and um share in the trans joy that's about to take place. <laughs> Likewise. I'm so so excited
0: to hear from you and, and all the work that you're doing. And just I'm so grateful that spaces like this exist. Um mm-hmm. and 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 folks like you and your company exist. It's so wonderful. Just to end off, uh do you wanna say maybe just like one like one nice experience you've had from either rehearsals or something that stuck out to you in, in the past, kind of recent, in the recent past.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. There was a moment that we all cried um, Oh, <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> good. Um, it, it really was uh, when the Baker sang that song that I, I just mentioned um, and uh, yeah, we were just doing a read through, you know, mm. so everybody was meeting for the second or third time and, Um, and that moment that we heard those words in that space, um, I think was a moment where we all were like, okay, we see it. It's here. This, this story in particular, um, speaks to our community, um, so deeply. Um, and yeah, we've. I don't know. I, I I think it was a shining moment for all of us, where we we saw the end product, even though it was a second rehearsal. You know, um, it was very powerful, and uh, the I mean, it was it was I cannot explain with words the feeling that comes up for me hearing trans voices sing in unison and harmony together. Um. Because especially so many like myself, so many of us have a dysphoria around our voices. Uh you know, like it's gonna be really hard for me to listen to this podcast. I'm gonna do it, but it's gonna be hard. <laughs> I
0: hear that. I totally hear that.
1: <laughs> um, but also, you know, people who have medically transitioned, you know, their voices change and it becomes a brand new relationship with something that um that you 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 know you're experiencing uh like having to relearn how to how to exist with it and and, and so singing becomes a vastly you know as Taya even mentioned you know becomes a vastly complex relationship that if you either if you decide to transition or not uh, medically transition or not medically transition it's a really it's something that our community singers sit with constantly, constantly. Um that that decision is is weighty. And so hearing trans voices just sing so much joy and love into the room and hearing them in harmony. And I just it just moves me every single time. I did I just don't have words for what that experience is like. And so it's in a way not an accident we are doing a musical I would say I would say it's very specifically a reclaiming not only of fairy tales but of musical theater of theater spaces and singing and what we consider to be a masculine or a feminine voice you know can we reclaim those narratives that it's it's less about you know who plays the the man parts and who plays the women parts and more about how do we sound unified together how do we sound beautiful together
0: I love that so much and also just to have folks pause before you immediately associate sight with sound or vice versa or gender with what you see and what you hear like those things just aren't connected yes Um, so yeah thank you I think that's such a beautiful reminder for everybody Lee is there anything that we didn't get to touch on that you were hoping to talk about
1: Oh, I guess that is one other thing I'd, I'd like to briefly mention, and I, I will try to do it briefly. Just kind of uh, in reference to the clip, I mm-hmm. think there's probably about maybe 17 characters that you'll hear in there. Um, yeah. And I think there's like something like 23 characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are doing this show with eight people yeah oh my oh my gosh (laughs) yeah so you will hear 17 characters but what's fun about it is that it's being done by eight people um and the double casting in this show is done very intentionally that we've specifically put non-binary actors uh as uh jack and little red um well i should maybe i should talk about each track on itself yeah um the bakers are just playing the bakers because, as the, the like everyday people, they are the one. I would say it's their journey, even though it's an ensemble show. They, their, their story, is what guides us through it. Right. Um. The let's see, the witch is also playing, uh, Little Red's grandmother and mm. Cinderella's mother, the spirit of Cinderella's mother. Uh, so that's the matriarch track. <laughs> um, the uh, narrator, there's a narrator uh, that tells the story. The narrator is also playing uh, little Red's Wolf uh, as well as um the baker', the baker's father. Mm-hmm. um uh, and this is this uh, choice here is is, um, we are really playing with like the idea of a narrator in like, queer, trans communities, like what that narrator role might be. Um, So the narrator does um, lean towards kind of a a cishet normativity Mm. that a lot of our queer community kind of grapples with every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, then Cinderella is also playing Rapunzel. Uh, and also playing Cinderella's uh, steward as well. Mm. Um, Jack is playing Cinderella's prince as well as one of the evil stepsisters. Little Red is playing Rapunzel's prince and a and an evil stepsister, and Jack's mother is also playing Cinderella's stepmother. So this we have an affirming mother. Um, contrasted with a a non-affirming in the same
0: by the same actor by the same actor yeah that is so cool
1: yeah so we 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 very intentionally tracked that um for for actors to have fun with for not Mm -hmm. specifically non-binary actors to be non-binary on stage (laughs) I love that so much that's amazing (laughs) Uh,
0: because
1: I think we often we as non-binary actors are seen as like like an inconvenience or like what do we even do with mm, a, an mm-hmm. actor like this and the secret is that we can play all the roles right so you'll see a little bit of that and uh, I definitely the actors are already having fun with those those uh changes because they happen very quickly so mm. that will be part of the challenge for them
0: when do you wrap up rehearsals
1: um let's see we're in our second week now we're doing four weeks of rehearsals and then we go into our tech we wow yeah wow, i know we're almost wow, halfway wow. through that's it's... so exciting oh, i know i never it to end congrats thank on, you. on
0: this far that's so wonderful thank you
1: gone. Gone. into the woods into the woods
0: into the woods and out of the woods
1: and home before
0: Dark before dark, 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 yes, yes, dark,
1: dark, yes, yes, dark, yes, dark, yes, <laughs> <and> dark, yes, <laughs> the In the <laughs> <laughs> Into the woods, Get the dark, dark, the dark,
0: must wish for, are not to be touched.
1: The harder to get, the better to have.
0: Tea is not a lengthy visitor. You may know what you need, but to get
1: what you want better, see that you keep what you have. Uh, one minute I'm gone, sometimes time to, to for. One minute I I
0: gone, one minute I gone. you oh, 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 right, sure. better, keep what you want. One minute I'm gone, one minute I'm gone. Into the, into the woods, into the woods, into the woods, and out of the woods and home before. <laughs> 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 I got, <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I got <it>. <laughs> <laughs> or what? or what? Do I have to say (laughs) it? Deep breaths. It was me, wasn't it? One midnight gone. Sometimes the things you most wish for are not to be touched. The harder to get, the better to have.
1: Adventure. Slotted spoons don't hold much soup. The prettier the flower, the farther from the path. The closer to the family, the closer
0: to the wine. Under ah, ah, thy god! The mouth of a wolf's not the end of the world. A servant is not just a dog to the prince. Sometimes the it's things you most wish for me I, mean I gone t- to get what you want I mean I mean do? and I get what you have. One minute I gone, one minute I gone into the woods, into the woods, into the woods and out of the woods and home before